Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Final hour of the show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. It is a best of the Steve Jones Show all this week. Matt Catrillo here with you, Steve on vacation, but always in the Sunbury Motor Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Been a fun show today, reliving the 2021 NFL Draft before and after. We did the Eagles all the first hour, now we do all Steelers here in the second hour. And we're going to kick things off with a very special interview, one of our best ones we've had all year. And that was Pat Fryermuth, a former Penn Stater, of course, now a Pittsburgh Steeler, was taken in the second round by the team, which many thought would happen. Was on was a lot of connections on a lot of draft boards for the second round, and it became a reality that weekend. And it was fun looking back on what that day and weekend meant to Pat being able to stay in Pennsylvania and go to the Steelers now after a great career with the Nittany Lions. And he spoke with Steve after being selected by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the second round of the 2021 NFL Draft. Joined now by Pittsburgh Steelers tight end, former Nittany Lion tight end, Pat Fryermuth. Pat, first of all, welcome. It's great to have you with us. I appreciate you having me on. All right, so... I, last time I saw you was at a Penn State football practice. You told me you were going to go home and watch the draft there. What was that night like in Massachusetts uh, with family and friends around? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, you know, I loved every second of it, um, but it was very stressful. Um, obviously, you know, that first day, not getting the call and then waiting a little bit on that second day, um, it was definitely really stressful. But, um, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Um, you know, it was definitely – you know, awesome position to be in. Um, if I were to stress about something, it's a good thing to stress about. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience to be in with my family and all my loved ones. Um, we've been there from the start, so it was awesome. Sometimes teams don't get in contact with the player during the process, and then suddenly on draft night they're surprised. Mike Tomlin was at Pro Day here. Did you get an mm-hmm. opportunity to talk to him? Because, I mean, uh, I know everyone was impressed by how you ran the route tree especially. Did you get a chance to talk to him that day, and did they give you any inkling at all? Um. So, you know, I talked to him for about, like, 30 minutes, like, two days before the Pro Day. Um, they told me, like, they were coming to Pro Day and everything like that, and they talked to me there. So, you know, I talked to, you know, Mike Tomlin and, and uh, the, the GM and, you know, Coach uh, Roberts and stuff. So, um, yeah, I kind of – I didn't really know. I was kind of surprised, um, but I wasn't at the same time just because, you know, we, it was kind of beneficial to be on the field with them and kind of get coaching from them and stuff like that. And I felt like yeah, that part went really well. So, um, you know, I was a little bit surprised that I was them, um, but at the same sense, I, I wasn't. So when the call came in – uh, first of all, who did you talk to on the call, and what was that moment like? Uh, yeah, so when I first picked up, um, it was Coach Tomlin um, telling me, um, you know, they're going to make me a Steeler with the pick. 
Um, and then I talked to Colbert, the GM. Um, and then I talked to, um, you know, the owner. Um, and then I talked to um, the tenants coach. So, um, you know, I talked to those four people. And um, it was awesome. You know, just, just hearing Coach Tomlin and um, uh, Mr. Colbert telling me that, you know, I'm going to be part of, you know, the Steel organization and just a storied organization. And, you know, I'm very excited for, you know, for this opportunity. All right, so I, I have to ask you about your parents. Your mom was, I mean, when everybody was wondering whether it would even be a Big Ten season, your mom was one of the leaders in getting word out that, hey, look, people wanted to play. What was it like for you and for them that this moment happened? Because they've obviously poured a lot into you as parents. Yeah. You know, they were very emotional. Um you know, they, I feel like they've, they've sacrificed a lot. Um, not only for me, but you know, my brother and sister, um, they sacrificed, you know, giving up their weekends and hanging out with their friends and going out to dinner with their friends to, you know, pick me and my brother and my sister up from practices and, and going to games on the weekends. And, you know, they sacrificed a lot during their summer and, and their off time because they're both school teachers. Um, you know, they sacrificed their summer to, you know, bring us to camps and bring us all over the country to, you know, baseball camps and football camps, everything like that. So, you know, they, it was kind of, you know, fulfilling to me that, you know, all that sacrifice they made for us kind of paid off. Um, and, you know, you know, my brother has been successful. And now that I'm taking my next step in my journey, that, you know, my goals that I've seen success and, you know, my sister the same way and whatever she, she's a junior in high school. So whatever she chooses to do, she's going to be successful. And she has been up to this point. So, you know, I think all three of us kind of, you know, but everything we do we, in the back of our mind, we're thinking, you know, our parents have sacrificed so much for us. So, you know, why not go out there and give it our all and try our best? Every time National Letter of Intent Day comes up, I always say to people, this is one of those life-changing decisions for somebody. This is a decision that sets you forward in life. You chose Penn State. Uh, and what did it mean in terms of the decision to come here to get you to this point? Yeah, you know, I, this was, you know, Penn State was just a step in the journey. I think, you know, that journey that I wanted to, I, I didn't want to put up with any of like the, um, you know, the extra drama and the extra stuff like that. Um, you know, I wanted to, you know, go into a program where, you know, football and academics were the two top priorities and as well as building relationships. And, you know, coach Franklin had a vision that, you know, I loved and I was, and I respected and wanted to be a part of. So that kind of went into my decision to go into Penn state. And, you know, personally, you know, I think guys, when they come to Penn State, and they, the one thing they mess up is not buying into the the whole program. You know, they might buy into you know Coach Franklin's vision and the workouts, but they not might not buy into you know putting extra time on the football field. So, um, you know, I think that's one mistake that people um, you know don't do as guys on the team. But you know, the dudes that do it and the dudes that finally figure it out, you know, they reach their goals because Coach Franklin has a formula that you know is proven to work. So you know that's why. You know, I think he's been so, so successful and same with the Penn State, you know, program. Obviously, the workout part is always great because people get awed by when they watch Micah run a 4.39 or watch Jason run a 4.36. What did what did guys like Dwight Gall, Alvin, Chuck, everybody, what do they mean to the development of buying in like you just talked about in the overall program? Yeah, um, you know, I, it, it's kind of funny because going in, I remember Trace telling me, and same with Mike and, and Nick, like just being like, you know, obviously you want to have a good relationship with your with your um, position coach, but you know the, you want to have a really good relationship with the the strength staff because you know they're there every single day, 
um, you know, working out with you and, and making sure that, you know, you're on your P's and Q's. So um, just, you know, making sure that you build that relationship with them um, and, you know, everything like that. Obviously, uh, Tyler Bowen's now with Jacksonville, and Ty Howell is now in charge of the tight ends here. What did, what did those two guys mean uh, to your development as a player on the college level? Yeah, those two have been instrumental. I know Coach Bowen, you know, he's obviously been there from the start since I got first got there. You know, we came at the same time, and, you know, he demanded greatness from me every single day. Um, you know, even if that's in the classroom, I took those lessons in the classroom and applied them to the football field of, you know, learning, you know, and putting extra work in and, and, and the learning and stuff like that. But, you know, he's, he took pride on me, you know, becoming a, a complete tight end. Um, and, you know, I thank him for that every single day just because, you know, without me, I'm not some athletic freak like Mike who's going to go up and, and hurdle dudes and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm going to, you know, be a good blocker and pass protect and, and make the solid plays. So, you know, I, I love being a complete tight end. I owe all to him. And, and same with Ty coming in, meeting him this year. Um, and him working with the tight ends a bunch. And, you know, he, they have practiced me a bunch of times to work, you know, game plan stuff and footwork stuff and everything like that. So those two have been so instrumental in my process and in my career. There are a lot of guys, and you reference Mike, there are a lot of guys that go to college and they were wide receivers and they get, and they end up being converted to tight end. What kind of advantage did you have? Because that has really always been your position. Oh, yeah. I had uh, a big advantage, you know. In high school, you know, I was asked to block, and I was asked to be in line, and I was asked to, you know, hit the block and slide every single day and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think it was beneficial to me that, you know, my high school coach coaches were, you know, my cousin, my uncle, who have coached at the college ranks, and, and they kind of know what to expect as a tight end and what coaches want. Um, you know, so they made me block. They didn't split me out all the time. And um, just run routes, they made me go in there and, and put my head in the uh, hand in the dirt and, you know, have be physical in the line of scrimmage. So, it was huge. It was very beneficial to me knowing the importance of, you know, being able to block um, in, in high school. All right. So now, what are the next steps for the Steelers? What have they told you? When do they want you there? When are some of the elements that they want to put in in the off season that involve you? Yeah. So I actually leave um, uh, next Thursday. Um, I'll report. You know, have my physical, get fitted for all my equipment and stuff like that. And our first practice in minicamp is Saturday or Friday. Um, to Sunday, so we have that for our rookie mini camp, and then um, we have a couple other days sprinkled in throughout June for you know OTAs and stuff like that. Um, and then I'm pretty sure mandatory mini camp is uh, like June 15th to the 17th or something like that. So um, you know those practices, I'm excited for those to get to meet, meet the guys and, and compete out there on the practice field and stuff like that, and kind of see what that's like. Um, and just for expectation, they expect me to come in and kind of continue where I left off in the, in the 2020 season, just kind of making sure, you know, I'm physical in the run game and, and know my responsibilities and everything like that. Finally, and I'll just flat out say, because I already know it, so Steelers fans understand, Pat is 100% and has been for several weeks now. So let's just, <laughs> okay, let's establish yes, that, okay? I mean, because yes, you and I have talked enough uh, about mm-hmm. it. But what did the rehab process do to get you back in terms of the mental and what it took mentally to do it and being driven to do it because uh, you are back to where you need to be? Yeah, I'm very, you know, obviously this is going to be weird to say, but I'm very, you know, appreciative of, you know, the whole rehab process because, um, you know, this is my first major injury. So, you know, that whole time, it was a six-month recovery. So that whole time it, it was it was hard because, you know, I was looking at guys in training 
do everything that I wanted to do and I couldn't do it yet. So um, just making sure I practice patience and, you know, everything happens for a reason and um, just mental aspect of it, you know, just make sure you, you take each day at a time. Um, you know, my rehab process, there was no really hiccups or anything like that, but, you know, some days it was my shoulder was sore than the other. Um, so, you know, just taking one day at a time and um, just making sure that, um, you know, you focus on, you know, what's at the task at hand. So just, you know, all those lessons that I've learned about the rehab process, you know, I'm very appreciative for well, I can say with in no uncertain terms, on and off the field, one of the best I've ever dealt with. Pat, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. You're going to have a great pro career with the Steelers. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. And that is now Pittsburgh Steelers tight end, Pat Fryermuth. Replay from when he was selected by the Steelers back in the NFL draft in April. And coming up next during the final half hour of a best of the Steve Jones show, reliving the 2021 NFL draft, the voice of the Steelers, Bill Hillgrove. He has a high expectations for Pat Fryermuth. We'll get into that with him and more as we continue on a best of the Steve Jones show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Final half hour of a best of the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK on a Thursday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve on vacation this week, but is always in the Sunbury Motor Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We did all Eagles in the first hour, now doing all Steelers here in the second hour as we relive the 2021 NFL Draft. We just replay Pat Fryermuth, and now we bring in the man who will be calling his name, hopefully a whole lot for the Steelers this year, and the voice of the Steelers, Bill Hillgrove, who has some pretty lofty expectations for Pat Fryermuth, and we got into that with him and a lot more of recapping the Steelers' 21 draft with Steve a few months ago. Very pleased to bring in the Hall of Famer, Bill Hillgrove. Bill, how have you been? It's great to hear from you. 
Well, I've been, uh, you know, a little bit slow, and I hope it speeds up uh, by the end of the summer. Well, it will. You know what? I got complete confidence it will. How about that? All right. Well, that's good. Throw- that's good. Uh, we understand that the Steelers are planning to go to St. Vincent, and that's good news. And uh, we also were told that there won't be any room for us media types because uh, they're going to give each player their own room, so they don't have enough rooms. Okay. <laughs> but that's oh, not a big deal. I mean, the fans don't no. care about that. All they care about is what kind of product they're going to put on the field. Yeah. So let's go with product. Um, obviously, we'll have to see how each player translates to the league. I mean, that's that's an obvious. But let's start with the running back part, because obviously Najee Harris, many thought he would be the first pick for the Steelers. It turned out he was. Uh, what can that do for a Steeler running attack when you've taken a look at some of the tape of him and how he works with the, what the Steelers do? Steve, I think it takes a big step toward fixing what was the problem. And now I know they have to block better up front. And I know that toward the end of the season, uh, the run blocking was uh, absent. Uh, I think gradually we kind of morphed into a, a West Coast offense. They wouldn't say that, but that's what it looked like. Uh, because they didn't run the ball well enough. And, uh, you know, without a healthy James Conner, I think uh, they were tempted to just do the short passing thing and and live with that. But uh, that's not the Steelers' identity, so hopefully we get back to running the football. Also, I believe, uh, I firmly believe, and this is my opinion, that if Najee isn't there, I think they trade down. Right. You know what? I agree with you. I do. I think that it was... It was get other picks if he's not there. It turned out he was, and they got their man, which was big. Now in round two, obviously I'm ultimately familiar with him, but you are too because he played a couple of games against Pitt. What was your thought on Pat Fryermuth getting picked? What was the nickname for him? Was it Gronk Jr. or yeah, uh, Little Gronk or yeah. whatever? Yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's, uh, he's what they need. Uh, he blocks well enough, catches well enough. Uh, and I think, you know, they were trying to do it with two different guys in McDonald, who blocks well enough, and Ebron, who catches well enough. But very few guys are Heath Millers. Uh, and I think uh, Fryermuth is probably as close to that as, as we're going to see. Heath Miller was special. No question about that. Uh, along the way, when you look at the secondary, Bill, uh, obviously there's, you know, Terrell Edmonds is there. Now they extend Fitzpatrick. But they didn't extend Edmonds. Were you surprised at that? Not really. You know, I'm not a capologist, Steve, and I don't pretend to be. <laughs> but obviously, you know what, Bill, neither uh, one of us are. That's why we have to look at our budgets all the time and stay under the cap. And I, I really, I respect that. And and so, you know, that's. I think Minka is kind of a glue guy back there, and yeah. and I think that was their priority, and, and I'm not going to argue with it. Oh, no, it, 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 we have to look at our, our budgets every day, Bill. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. All the time, so I completely understand it. Uh, so you got Joe Hayden and Cam Sutton. So let me ask you about Cam Sutton. Joe Hayden's a given. When you look at Cam Sutton, what he did in the slot and so forth, is he the kind of guy that can man that other spot opposite Joe? Well, again, it came down to either Sutton or uh, Mike Hilton. And Sutton is a much better cover guy. And I love Mike Hilton. I love what he did. He gets to the quarterback as well as anybody. 
but uh, his cover skills just aren't what Sutton can bring. So, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with that at all. Uh, I will say this. Um, when I did the Penn State-Illinois game in December, Jack Ham and I couldn't say enough, because you know, obviously we watched video like you do before games, just get a read on people. We couldn't say enough about Kendrick Green, who ended up being drafted by the Steelers. Uh, when you look at the offensive line, Obviously, we just talked about Najee. What's your thoughts on how this can come together for them? Well, first of all, Steve, I love the fact that he has a Marquise Pouncey tattoo. Uh, <laughs> I think that that tells you something about his mindset. And yeah. uh, the fact that he was actually recruited as a defensive lineman, and I think that speaks to his athletic ability. And so, you know, you put that all together with a guy who seems to have a big enough heart, and I think you got a heck of a player. Yeah, yeah. And if they need be, if they had to shuffle the deck chairs and so forth, he can play guard too um, along the way. He really, that's a heck of a prospect there. What do you think about going to 17 games? I mean, it's a tough game to begin with for these guys. Uh, it's an extra week being tacked on. What's your thought? It was the lesser of two evils. And the evil was the preseason. Too many games, uh, too many fans complaining they charge too much. Uh, they had to almost do it. And so in order to reduce the preseason, they almost have to have the extra, you know, season game. And uh, I think the NFL was backed into that corner and they had to deal with it. it uh, by the way, of course, Ben's back. Rudolph gets extended a year. They've also added Dwayne Haskins. How intrigued were you by the fact that Haskins was added in? Just well, be there. When you get a when you get a chance to get a number one pick, uh, regardless of his experience uh, with the Washington football team, um, I think you have to blank the slate and look at him and see if he can help you. And uh, if he has a good preseason, which I think he will, um, they're going to have to be uh, wrestling with the fact that they might have to keep three quarterbacks. You mentioned the preseason, and you also mentioned the fact there'll be three preseason games, not four. Last year, there were none. Did you see any difference in play or any difference that you could sit back and say it was related to not having preseason games? Did it mean anything one way or the other? Because I'm going to base this completely on your experience. Steve, in my opinion, I think preseason is more for coaches than it is for players. Uh, you know, they want to see these guys in game conditions. Uh, I know every practice is taped, but in practice you're working against your own people. In a game, it's different people with different colored jerseys and is as game-like as it can be, but it's still not NFL speed. And so it's more for the coaches. And so, you know, I, I didn't see a big difference in the way they came out of the shoot last year. And I'm talking about everybody. Uh, you know, they... They were ready to play. So, you know, do you need the preseason? Yeah, for coaches, you do. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that's exactly right. I think that's, you know, for the coaches, yes. But I didn't really, at least watching on TV, I didn't really get a feel that it really made much of a difference in the level of play I saw. No, I'm with you. I, You know, it was a level playing field. Everybody had the same condition. Yeah. And so, you know, it's... Uh, what was it, the one player, and I think he's a player rep for the league. Uh, is he a member of Indianapolis Colts? Uh, the name is slipping me. Uh, he said, well, look, we proved we don't even need OTOs, OTAs and we don't need a preseason. Well, that's an overstatement. 
Uh, and of course, it's the player's way of making uh, preseason and offseason more of a uh, country club than it already is. Uh, but you know, they need some. They need some OTAs. Uh, certainly, they need training camp. And it's you know, it's 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 something that the, the players' association and the league have to work out. All right, I, I want to follow that up with this. Uh, you know, you and I know what the new rules are when it comes to hitting in the preseason. It's mandated by the Players Association in conjunction with the owners, so they've come to an agreement on it. You and I know how much hitting is done in college practices. How many games do you think does it take for the tackling to start on the NFL level and the college level to start be good on an every-game basis? Because they don't hit as much in the preseason. Just to pull a number out of the air, I think two games. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I just think two games is enough to get those guys up to uh, to that speed. Uh, but you know, uh, again, it's probably more about hitting and receiving a hit. You know, what was the old Mike Tyson line? Everybody has a game plan until <laughs> you get punched in the mouth. And and I think that first hit, whether it's a preseason game, whether it's a regular season game. Uh, I think it gets that person ready uh, to play that game. Uh, Mike Tomlin once said to me, Billy, do you think it's in human nature for human beings to run full speed into one another? (laughs) And I just laughed and said, hey, it takes a special person to play this game of football. And in my own case, when people say, did you play? I said, I had back trouble. I had a yellow streak about two inches wide going right up the middle. <laughs> and I never, no, really oh. and truly, that, it's, it's a game for special people. I mean, it's not in your nature to want to knock somebody on their butt or to be knocked down yourself. And for these guys, especially running backs, uh, they get hit every play. Well, you know what that means. That means you and I, in terms of being around this game, each one of us made the right choice for the same reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, strong sense of self-preservation. But, but you know, it, it is about hitting. It's just, it is about blocking and tackling. And uh, like I say, I think within two games, I think the professionals are up to speed. College, uh, you know, uh, college football has such a wide variance of talent that uh, I really don't think it's it's as essential as it is in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, in the NFL, everybody's this close talent-wise. Everybody's great or they wouldn't be there. And so I think it's just a matter of fine-tuning. I think in the college game, uh, I've, I've seen really good spring games and I've seen uh, really good openers and I've seen bad spring games and bad openers. So, uh, you know, I think there's a difference in that regard. Yeah. Well said, well put, and the fact that Mike Tom, uh, that Mike Tyson is now uh, a, a quotable philosopher is always a lot of fun. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Bill, it is always a pleasure. Please keep feeling better, okay? Please. Yeah. Well, thank you, Steve, and you too. And uh, if it wasn't for the golf to be played, I'd say let's hurry up the summer and, and kick the ball off. But uh, you know, when you get to be my age, Steve. Uh, Hitting that little white ball around the green pasture has a lot of appeal. Yes, and it sure does, because I'm going to go out and do that tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate that and appreciate you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. 
Well, how about that comparison, Steeler Nation? Heath Miller. If he ever becomes that way for the Steelers, that that will that is going to be one heck of a pick. And I, I agree. I think he can be that kind of guy again. As Bill mentioned, he's a guy that can block, can catch the ball, and he did that very well in a Penn State uniform. No reason why he can't do it in a Steelers uniform, and that would be a big weapon for the Steelers to have for years to come, especially with that young receiver core. Well, that was a fun show today as we just relived the 2021 NFL Draft before and after. Our thanks again to Merrill Reese, Ruben Frank, Pat Fryermuth, and Bill Hillgrove for joining us at that time. It was great to hear from them and great to relive that here today. Now, tomorrow's show is also going to be a lot of fun. We're going to recap Super Bowl week. John Clayton, the professor, Kim Jones, NFL Network, Ray Dittinger, and also the GM and pride of Mount Carmel of the Kansas City Chiefs, Brett Veach, and one of our biggest interviews we had this year. That's all coming up tomorrow to recap the best of week here on the Steve Jones Show. Thanks for joining us today. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Join us tomorrow as we continue a best of the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.